Black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight and we lose it slower, even when we're following the diet than our white women counterparts. Hello beasties and welcome back to The Lair. Today I have for you a topic that I have wanted to discuss for a while now and I have a special guest to go over it with Lydia from the Body Honesty Project YouTube channel. Together we're going to react to a video that dates from the Trump presidency and touches on the topic of obesity and racism. Without any further ado, let's best it. Thank you again, Lydia, for being part of this uh, collaboration today. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. And please, would you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to my viewers? Thank you for having me on your channel, Lola. Um, I'm a longtime fan. I've actually been watching you for a number of years. Um, my name is Lydia, and I have a small channel on YouTube called The Body Honesty Project. And it focuses mainly on debunking fat acceptance logic. If you drill through my older content, it's more about the little white lies that we tell ourselves when we're dieting or why we can't lose weight, things like I eat healthy, but really, if you look at it, you're not. Or I can eat whatever I want because I exercise a lot. And that's also um, not true because you can't outrun a bad diet. So I, I debunk a whole lot of lies on my channel. And um, I'm drawn to people like Lola, who also play around in the space of uh, debunking fat acceptance lies and trying to get people healthy. Um, my method of fitness is dance. I am not a gym rat. And if um, you're interested in watching dance content, you can also find me on Instagram at mom that dances. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lydia. So today we are first going to react to a video. Uh, this video is from, uh, it's, it's a short piece from activist Brittany Cooper. And it was uh, taken uh, a few years ago when Donald Trump was still president of the United States. So let's just watch the video and I will ask you your take on that. <laughs> I actually want us to, to, to hold up a little bit before we do this thing where we start blaming ourselves. Like, I hate when people talk about black women being obese. I hate it because it becomes a way to blame us for a set of conditions that we didn't create. Lydia, I suppose the video there, of course, it gets better and better until the end. But um, before you hear what comes next, do you have any first thought as to what we just hear? I find it more racist to say that black people are supposed to be fat. Yes. Then the set of conditions that they're put in could be worse, but it doesn't magically make them immune to thermodynamics. None of the, their situations magically make them fat and nobody is predispositioned to be morbidly obese. Agreed. So I'm very confused with this line of thinking. Yeah. Well, let's listen to um, a bit more of it. And as I said, it gets better. <laughs> we're moving, we're taking care of kids, but our food quality suffers. We are living in the Trump era. The research says that black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight 
and we lose it slower, even when we're following the diet than our white women counterparts. Do you believe that women of color, if we diet, when we diet, we get different results than our Caucasian counterparts? Um, No, I don't think that uh, women of color are immune to calories in versus calories out. But I will give a different argument, though, of where I think there is a racial problem when it comes to dieting. Because black women do have naturally more muscle than white women, not as much as they would like you to believe, like when you see a morbidly obese black woman, that ain't all muscle. That's not true. However, I think that black women who are calculating their calorie intake probably go like 100 or 200 calories too low to match their white counterparts when they actually do need a little bit more and they're more likely to break. So their white counterpart may be fine dieting on 1200 calories and not feel starved, whereas they probably should be eating like 14, 1500 calories. So that part I would agree with, but um, if you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. That's just science. Absolutely. And I do agree with you. And this is something that we, I mean, we heard it with Brittany Cooper here, and we also hear it all the time with the fat acceptance community. Um, When they always, um, I mean, this type of statement that they make, I think it's just a simple way to reject responsibility on their part, because no matter your circumstances, you always have choices. And at the end of the day, it comes down. It's true. There are many things that we cannot control, but there are also many things that we can control. And weight is definitely one of those things. So just sitting here and saying that um, blaming her obesity on the Trump era, like what does it have to do with With uh, with that, like right now, for instance, we have a different president and we still have obese people. So is this current president responsible for the obesity of this individual and the black in uh, in the black community? Like what? (laughs) So let's hear more of um, the rest of the video, because that's actually where um really hang on your lips because uh yes let's just let's just get to get to this part and what and what public health practitioners think is that our stress responses in the body change our metabolism it's literally that the racism that you're experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diet don't work for you the same lydia okay Well, I do know that cortisol can impact your ability to lose weight, but not to the extent of like what that woman would be experiencing. Like it doesn't completely prevent. It's probably, or I'm going to say not probably, it's what it's the calories that she's ingesting. There's always healthier choices to be made. And it comes back to a question of priorities. I know this woman is saying like all the things that are wrong and the environment that she lives in. And there's a lot of things that make her life difficult. Fine. I'll agree with her. But what is your priority? You can decide if your health and your, and your nutrition is a priority. You find a way to make it work. 
if it's not a priority, well, then you have nothing to complain about. Yes, it would be nicer if it was easier, but she can go to the grocery store and get chicken or rice and beans and frozen vegetables for cheap, for cheap, and make something that's healthy and nutritious and a third of the calories that she's currently ingesting. Absolutely. And I do agree. I do agree with what you, you, you said. It all comes down to the choices that we make. And unlike what people tend to believe, it's, it's cheap to eat, to eat healthy, you know. So, yeah, it's, um, it comes down to the choices that we make uh, rather than outside factors, <laughs> you know. So let me ask you this, Lydia. As a woman of color yourself, it is true you're not, uh, you're not a black woman, but you are not a Caucasian woman either. Yet you are, I mean, as a woman of color, you are not fat. And according to fat acceptance and uh, similar people, women of color, we have higher chances of being obese or we are genetically obese. So, and you are not. So, if we are taking their reasoning, you are doing something wrong for you not to be obese. So what, why are you thin? <laughs> uh, because I balance my calories in with my calories out. I don't eat more than what I need. Metabolisms don't slow. People do. Yeah, that is absolutely right. And... Coming back to the statements that were made from the video, according to to you, what do you think the danger of such statements could be? It encourages a defeatist attitude. It makes people think that they're helpless in their situations. I want to acknowledge that people's situations are difficult, but that doesn't mean that it's licensed to give up. Your existence, your health should be a priority. You should try to do what you can to improve your health, regardless if the government is not helping you, regardless if you don't have as much access as you wish you did. I know some truly poor people that eat a lot healthier than people that are middle class claiming that they don't have a whole lot of money. I think that more people should be accountable to themselves and messages like this only encourage people to give up on themselves. And that's very dangerous. Indeed. Indeed. And you did mention something and it remind me of something else. There are actually parts of the world where being overweight is actually a sign of uh, not being poor, but being rich, being wealthy. Because the idea here is that, well, if you are wealthy, you have the means to feed yourself to excess compared to if you don't have those men, when you don't have those men, you are going to be in a leaner, leaner body. I just thought it was worth mentioning as um, as you, was, you were talking and that came to my mind. One of the things that has always angered me um, in the comparison of racism versus fat phobia is the differentiation between being teased and being hated. Yes. Because there is a huge difference and this is what is most insulting to me. Because I was hated, not just teased, hated. And here's an example. A bunch of friends are going over to visit another friend. There's one fat kid 
uh, and there's two brown girls and everyone else is white. We get to the house. Everybody goes in and the guy turns to the two brown girls and says, you got to wait outside. My dad doesn't like brown people. The rest of them go in, including the fat kid. The dad jokes with the fat kid. I'm like, oh, time to lay off the candy bars, which is not nice, which probably hurt that kid's feelings, right? But is it not different than the two girls that weren't allowed inside the house? That's the difference. That's why it, the, the, the hurt, the hurt of racism is completely different than fat phobia. And that yes. angers me. Yeah. It, it is angry, uh, angering, uh, because in that example that, um, that you made, by the way, I'm so sorry you went through it. Thank you for even sharing it. And you showed that difference between the teasing and, Let's call it as it is rejection because you having to stand outside, that was rejection. You were not even accepted in being teased and being rejected. I mean, if we have the, would you rather be teased or being rejected? A lot of people are going to select teased because. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. And you know what? How I coped, how I coped, I used to make fun of myself. I used to tease myself because if people would laugh, then maybe they would be my friends. I actually would rather have been teased any yes. day over being rejected. And and that is the disconnect that uh, fat acceptance have with, uh, with reality. They don't really know what rejection is and spend their time on teasing, being teased, and how they feel about it, push their feeling forward, use their feeling to, uh, to make decisions for them, which in itself is another issue. <laughs> but um, this brings me to privilege because of course we cannot talk about obesity and um, and racism without talking about um, teen privilege so do you believe that teen privilege is a thing and do you feel that you've been treated differently merely because of the fact that you are teen and fit sure I have advantages because I'm thin um, if they want to call it a privilege fine um but it's an earned privilege and i don't feel guilty about it because there is such a thing as obese privilege so is it really if there's privilege on both sides can we really call it privilege or is it just a choice and i say this with all honesty or all earnesty i should say think of it as you know the um the card game would you rather This is a simple, would you rather game? Okay. Because, you know, the, the, the would you rather questions might be stupid. Like, would you rather be eaten by sharks or poisoned to death? You know, or would, or eaten by sharks or eaten by tigers? And you're like, ah, I don't know which, which one's best. And they might pose the question um, of a would you rather in terms of thin privilege, like, well, would you rather be treated nicely or would you rather be treated badly? Like, well, see, thin privilege. Would you rather ride the roller coaster or not ride the co- roller coaster? Thin privilege. But when the question becomes, would you rather spend your life eating whatever the hell you want, 
and not exercising and not caring and not having to go to the gym and not having to eat healthy and not having to do all these extra things? Or (laughs) would you rather have a thin, fit body? See, this is, they're making a choice here. Yes. There is a privilege to be held. So if there is a choice, is it really still a privilege? Or is this just the earned result of the choices that I made? Your earned result of the choices that you made are to eat whatever you want, to not count your calories, to not go to the gym, to not exercise, and to simply not care. That is a privilege. And it's becoming more of a privilege by all the demands that these people are making. Like the free airline or airplane travel seats. Some that lady asking for two to three seats for free just because she's fat. Like it's getting ridiculous. This is beyond privilege. This is entitlement. So I'm a little aghast that they call it thin privilege for something that most of us are working hard for. And they already have a privilege for something that they're just doing to themselves. Correct. And um, I personally believe that, um, you know, thin, when I think thin, thin privilege, as at least the way they put it out there, I think of it as, first of all, it's racist because it tends to purposefully ignore the experience of many of their targets in their own races. Why I say that? I'm not obese and I've been like, I mean, right now I have uh, more muscles than, um, than I had at the, at the time. There was a point where I was really thin, but just being thin, I was still black. I mean, I'm a black woman and there are still, even though as a society, we have taken a lot of steps forward. There are still, uh, the reality is that there are still areas where just showing up, I mean, I show up and I will have a different treatment just because of the color of my skin. It's, um, it happens, it shouldn't, but it does happen. And there, I've been treated poorly just because I was a black person. I've had food thrown at me while me just minding my own business in the bus, you know, and you have those kids coming in. Uh, and as soon as we got to their stop, through food at me yelling, go back to your country. I was thin in those situa- in that situation, you know, and that's not the, the only situation. So yeah, throwing around, oh, you get better treatment because you are thin. It's, it's a bit racist, you know? And I also think that it is an ignorant comment because that just uh, centers on the reality or the, the experience of the, those individuals here in the United States, which is, I mean, the way we live and what is accepted here in the United States is different if you go to other countries or other parts of the world, you know? <laughs> like, well, I grew up in, in African Europe, but my time, I remember my time in Africa, I'm going, I mean, let's talk about African people. Generally, African people are very happy people, but they also are um, very much on the tough love part. So they will roast you for basically anything. It doesn't matter whether you are fat or thin or whatever, they will always have something to roast you for. And it's not out of malice, you know, it's, uh, we all joke about it. And even when you go to, I mean, you go to different countries and you meet Africans, sometimes that's the greeting that you get. And it's not offensive because it's somehow part of the culture. You just, yeah, 
we roast each other, we laugh about it. And also, yeah, saying that teen privilege is a thing, it is ignorant. I wish these individuals could experience life outside of the United States because they will have a different perspective. Let's talk about this, um, getting back to this new law that was introduced in New York a few months ago. New York became one of the few states in the U.S. to count weight as a protected re- uh, characteristic like race or regi- religious beliefs, sexual orientation, gender, uh, and alike. What are your thoughts on this? And do you believe that people get discriminated on job application or job interviews? I'd be ignorant to say that it never happens because okay. it must happen. But I don't think it happens as often as people would would think. I think I'll I'll say a couple of things. Um, I think some people are stuck with the mentality of what had happened to them rather than what is happening right now. And I'll give you like a really, really good example because it actually took me a little while to get my head out of my ass um, because I honestly experienced racism as a child. It was bad. It was really bad. The kids in grade one and two called me Blackie. They wouldn't use my name. In grades uh, three, four, and five, I had bullies chase me home all the time, throwing snowballs at me, calling me the N-word. Like I had a lot, a lot of racist bullying. I had a hard time going out in public and looking around, hoping to see a brown face somewhere. So yeah, my the racism was a hundred percent real. But as time went on, it started to get better. And I had to start to let go and start to realize by the time I was, you know, in my mid-20s, I'm like, you know what? It's not as bad as like when I was 16. And by the time I was in my mid-30s, I'm like, it's actually it's not as bad as when I was in my 20s. And as as time was progressing, I'm like, you know what? I go out in public and I don't scan the room for brown faces anymore. Things have gotten better. So I, I think that um, with the fat discrimination, they they, um, they might, with, with this law, they might be trying to protect something that doesn't really exist as um, as much as it does, as they might think it does. They're kind of thinking it, it it's like it was before. Um, but another point I have on this is I'm afraid that this is going to cross over into ability because ability is different than I just don't like you. Like if the person, if the job requires a lot of standing, um, are they forced to accommodate them? Is there a way they can do the job seated? Like what if it requires a lot of lifting and they can't do it? Like are these going to be discrimination lawsuits? That's what I'm afraid of is that we're just opening up a can of worms for, uh, for discrimination lawsuits when it's about ability and not real discrimination. Absolutely. And that is where I stand as well. Outside of fitness and content creating, I am an engineer in the aerospace industry. And that is an industry where, I mean, people are always on the go. Of course, there are jobs um, still in the industry that requires you that you can do while sitting. You don't have to lift anything and all, but a lot of jobs in the, in, in that industry require a certain level of fitness. We mentioned, you mentioned that lady demanding free seat in the plane. Here's an example, a plane. 
if you're morbidly obese and you interview for uh, a job as uh, being a hostess in an airplane, I'm sorry, as a morbidly obese individual, you will not get the job because the job itself requires you to be physically fit. Uh, because it's not just about serving people, you know, <laughs> it's you need to be prepared in case of emergency. How are you going to get people out as fast as possible when uh, there's an emergency? You have, I mean, the plane has 90 seconds to evacuate to have everybody out of it. So imagine you as an hostess, you are morbidly obese. How are you going to even start to the evacuation process? And if you have morbidly obese individuals in, in that plane, I, I'm sorry, they're not going to be the priority because in 90 seconds, the thought is get as many people as, uh, out as possible. And if you're, I mean, the morbidly obese, they'll be, unfortunately, they'll be dying. Or look at pilots, for instance, you go and apply for uh, a job of pilots, you want to be a pilot. If you're morbidly obese, how is it going to work? Like the cockpit in any plane, that's one of the smallest areas in the plane. I'm tall, I'm 5'9", and I struggle to get into some cockpits, you know? (laughs) So if you're morbidly obese, how are you going to enter, um, make your way in there? And how are you going to even sit? (laughs) Yes, there are seats, the, the pilot seats are the most comfortable once in the plane, but how are you even going to sit among all those buttons around? And again, in a case of an emergency where you will, as a pilot, exit, have to exit through the windows, how is it going to work? It's not. It's just not. So I, like you said, I do believe that for some jobs, that kind of discrimination should happen. I mean, we have healthy uh, discrimination for other things, but if the job requires you to be uh, to be of a certain level of fitness, it's only fair that you bring that level of fitness that is required by the job. Because if not, at this point, you just now expecting the job to treat you differently and bend all the root all the rules to accommodate you over what is already available as accommodation for everybody do you have anything else to add on that um it's pushing it from equity to entitlement like they're making demands that other people don't have like equality is, you know, we all get the same thing. Equity is people get accommodations for things that they can't obtain. But the the fact that they have um, a privilege, it's entitlement. They won't give up their privilege. Yes. So it's entitlement. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. Entitlement. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lydia, for uh, coming over and having this discussion with me. You can find Lydia on her channel, The Body Honesty Project, and also on Instagram at mom that dances please check lydia out follow her uh, whether it's on instagram or here on youtube and yes you will love her commentary do you have anything else to add lydia before we close thanks lola for having me on today and uh for your viewers there is a second part to this on my channel so if you want more of me and lola come over here and check me out awesome thank you so much lydia Thanks, Lola. Thank you, Beasties, if you've made it to this point. And please go check out Lydia at the Body Honesty Project YouTube channel. Subscribe to her channel if you resonate with her amazing commentary. 
As for this video, like if you enjoyed it, dislike if you didn't, be a beast, train mean.